only promote the truth. Okay, here we go. We're going to do a scripture training today on Revelation 14, which is kind of unique because, you know, most people, they feel a little weird about training or even some people studying Revelation, but <clears throat> we know that all scripture, all scripture is great. So <clears throat> let's check it out and dig in a little bit. I think there's going to be a whole bunch of enlightenment come from this particular training. There's going to be a lot. So, one second. All right. Getting everything lined up here so we can get going. Got some folks joining. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome. And we'll start here shortly. I'll be doing this training today. Just, again, these trainings are just coming from my studies and maybe they can help you or help someone you know. So we'll, uh, that's how we'll roll, you know. Good to see folks that are jumping on. We'll start here in about 30 seconds. All right, here we go. See more and more folks starting to join. So we're going to go Revelation 14 scriptural study. Ought to be a unique study. You know, I like to do these because I think, it's, especially in these times with so much craziness going on in the world, I just think it just really helps a lot of people to be able to get something solid that they can grab onto, that they can utilize. <clears throat> and be able to apply it to their life or bring further clarity. You know, iron sharp sharpens iron. So uh, when it comes to scripture, you know, there's a lot of people that studied over the years. And one thing about it is that it, the scriptures say study to show yourself approved. And so uh, I always encourage people that when it comes to scripture study, do that, like dig in, go check it out. And then, Dig back as far as you can dig back and understand that English is like the newest language in the world. And the scriptures, you know, they come from Hebrew and from Aramaic writings. So Hebrew and Aramaic writings, and then other translations have come off of those. So, but the original writings are either in Hebrew or Aramaic. And then there's some that went and grabbed and did some Greek writing, but the Greek came off of the Aramaic and Hebrew. Okay, so it's very, very, very important you understand it. Like a lot of the, the New Testaments, called, actually called the Brit Kadash, the Brit Kadasha, or the Brit Kadash. Um, the New Testament, you know, we know that most of those books were written in Aramaic. And people say, no, why well, Aramaic? You know, the original language of the scriptures is Hebrew, but the children got taken captive into Babylon, and then Babylon is where the language got skewed over into Aramaic. So Aramaic is like a slang version of Hebrew. So they, you know, they 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 are close, but not the purest form. Um, but when the Savior walked on the earth, you know, they were speaking predominantly Aramaic. And from those writings, you know, his students were talking predominantly Aramaic. And um, and so I love the like the book of Matthew, Matith Yahoo. Matith Yahoo, which means the gift is Yahuwah. Uh, Matith Yahoo, he wrote that book in Hebrew to honor the original language. So I thought that was pretty cool to, to, to know that. But you know, many of the other books were written in Aramaic. I think the book of Hebrews, Paul wrote that or Shaul wrote that in Aramaic, I'm pretty sure as well. There's one or two others that were, I'm sorry, in, he, in Hebrew. 
And there's one or two others that were written in Hebrew, but the rest of them Aramaic. So let's get down to business here about today's subject. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Uh, that way the language will be able to flow easier for the masses. But then I would love to have the masses get used to, to learning some of the correct words. You know, one of the a great version out there is the scriptures. You know, I get this out of South Africa. There's another one called the Sefer, C-H-P-H-E-R. Uh, you can get a copy of that at sefer.net. Uh, the scriptures is, I think it's isr-messianic.org. You can get one there. I know Lou White has a great version over at uh, Torah Institute. I think it's torahinstitute.net or torahzone.net. I think you can go to um, Lou White. He wrote a great version as well with all the correct words and names that are in there. So let's start reading. I'm going to use the New King James. Revelation 14. Y'all ready to go in? Again, when I teach, I teach, I use the correct name. So for the Father, the correct name for the Savior, and the correct name for the apostles, the disciples, and the prophets. I don't want to skew their names so people know exactly who I'm talking to. And so I think that's important. So I don't use titles uh, when it comes to, or I should say, skewed titles. I don't want to use a skewed title when it comes to describing our father. So I don't want to use a word. Um, again, you do what you want, but I don't want to use a word like God because I've studied the original, the origins of that word, and it does not uh, relate to the title of the mighty one, the Eloah, Yahuwah is his name, and the Savior. I use his real name, Yahusha, Yahusha, because he said, I come in my father's name. So Yahusha, which means Yahuwah is salvation. Shah in Hebrew is salvation or deliverer. Okay, so I'm over on Revelation 14. It says here, then I looked and behold a lamb. So we know that that's talking about Yahusha, Hamashiach, the Messiah. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000. So we've heard about this 144,000 many, many, many times. If you've studied scripture at all, you've heard about this 144,000, right? Uh, so this 144,000. Now what's unique is what is said next. So I'm gonna go back. Then I looked and behold a lamb, Yahusha, standing on Mount Zion and with Yahusha, him, 144,000. Now look what's said next. Having his father's, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Stop. Now, people have read this over and over, over the years, and hardly anybody has stopped and said, having the father's name written on their foreheads. What does that mean? How important is that? You see, when so when you hear me talk about the importance of the name Hashem in Hebrew, Ha the Shem name, the importance of Hashem, the name, cannot be overemphasized. Especially when we're talking about revelation, prophecy, things that are coming or have happened or, and are going to fulfill. When it says 144,000 were standing with the Lamb, Yahusha, and these 144,000 had what written on their forehead? If you're commenting, maybe you could come along in here on the comments and go, his father's name written on their foreheads. So how important is it if the father's name is going to be written on this 144,000 people that are standing on Mount Zion with Yahusha, the Messiah? How important must it be for, for Yahukanan, who wrote this, John, you know him as, real name Yahukanan, which means Yahuwah is grace. Yahukanan wrote this and thought it'd be so important to put that his father's name, whose father? Yahusha's father, his name. What is his name that's written on their foreheads? And why is that important? His name written on the foreheads. Now the forehead can symbolize 
an actual name written. But if you study it real deep, more than likely, it means the forehead, your foremost thoughts. What is the thing you think of the most? Is that's a, that's a symbolization of the forehead, your foremost thoughts. What is it that you think about the most? So if we take that interpretation of what is it that you think about the most, now go back and read it. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 and having the father's name being their foremost thought. The number one thought of the 144,000, if we look at that in, in the forehead, in your thoughts, the number one thing is his name. I cannot overemphasize that enough. These people, now let's go ahead and check out who these people are and what they represent. And I heard a voice from heaven, like a voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from where? The earth. So it says these 144,000 are people that were or are on the earth at this time. And they're the only ones that can understand this new song. They are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. So a lot of people say, well, you mean, I can't, you know, I can't be with nobody? That symbolizes they have been washed in the lamb's blood and are completely purified by the lamb, Yahusha. They are a new, ver they are a new creature in him. So the Savior's blood and his sacrifice is so critical that it can make you as a virgin unto him. These are the ones, so then it goes on and explains what it means by the virgins, the woman, which is, some people say church, bad word for that, for this translation. It's the assembly, or if you take it in the Hebrew, the word for the woman there is the kahal. Kahal means called out ones, set apart ones. In Greek, the woman, that word there would be ecclesia. Ecclesia, that's the Greek word for called out ones, set apart ones. So the set apart purified ones, it describes who they are and their characteristics. These are the ones who follow the lamb, Yahusha. Wherever he goes. So it's a real quick, definite statement about who are these people, these 144,000. These are the ones that follow the lamb wherever he goes. They had to have followed him wherever he had went before he came back to be counted as one of these. Would you like to be? Counted as one of the 144,000? Shouldn't that be the goal of everyone that wants to walk in the most supreme closeness with the Father? How privileged would it be? How many of you, if you don't mind commenting, interacting, or if you're listening to this, interact with your voice out loud, how many of you would like to be, if at all possible, one of the 144,000 that is talking about here, standing next to the Savior, the Lamb. How many of you like to be standing right there with him when he comes back? Who would? 
Can you imagine? If you want to be what the book is saying here is, you have to follow the lamb wherever he goes and be one of the greatest examples of the lamb. These were the redeemed among men, being the first fruits of Eloah, the mighty one, and to the lamb. They're the first fruits. And in their mouth, listen here, and in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are with, without fault before the throne of Eloah, Yahuwah. Can you imagine? See, if you walk and you follow the lamb wherever he goes, you will be found without fault before the father. Then Yahukan, John, sign name John says, then I saw another messenger who we call angel flying in the midst of heaven having the everlasting good news, sign name gospel, to preach to those who dwell on the earth. So it looks like these 144,000 are called up with the lamb. And then it looks like these 144,000 with the lamb, it says, the everlasting good news is to be preached to all those who dwell on the earth. To who? Every nation, every tribe, every tongue, and every people. Saying with a loud voice, this is what will be preached. Saying with a loud voice, fear Yahuwah. No mistake about who it's going to say. Fear Yahuwah and give esteem, which we know is glory, to him. Give esteem to him. The lamb is walking it out to what's going to happen with these 144,000, and they are breaking it down. They are saying, what? Fear Yahuwah and give him esteem. For the hour of his judgment has come. So now we know we're talking about the closing out of the, of the world as we know it. And worship him who what? Made the heaven and the earth, the sea and the spring of water. So worship him. The number one way you worship him. His name's got to be in your forehead. It gave us the example from the beginning. See, this is just an example telling us before this comes, if we would like to be one of these people, what we need to be doing now, because that's what's going to be happening then. Why not practice it out now if that's going to be happening then? How many of y'all can feel that? That this should be practiced now to get ready, to get prepared so that we're sharp. See, these 144,000, they followed the lamb wherever he went. And what did the lamb do when he walked on the earth? He preached the great news about the kingdom. And he, he pointed continually to who? To the father. He says, I come in my father's name. Verse 8. And another messenger, sign name angel, followed saying, Babylon is fallen is fallen, says it twice, Babylon, the crazy wickedness, the sin, the, the crazy foulness, the, the, the deceit, the violence, the treachery, the lawlessness on this earth, what does it say? Babylon, which is the foulness of this world, the world system is what it's talking about, Babylon here. Have, is fallen, is fallen that great city because, why does it say Babylon has fallen? Because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, being against Yahuwah's ways. All the world, if you look at all the world, the majority of the world is the foremost thought the father 
Yahuwah's name? Is that the number one thought in this world for the majority of this world? What percentage of this world, their foremost thought is the creator of all. When they wake up, the first thing they think about is the creator and his name. So it's going to have the father's name written in their forehead. What percentage of the world? That's the first thing. My challenge would be here to us today. Is that our first thought when we wake up? Is Yahuwah the number one thought in our forehead? Because it says it's going to be in your forehead. Here's what? Name. Not you just praising. Not you just saying thank you. Number one thing to the number one people of Yahuwah will be his name is the first thought when you wake up. Are you thinking about him throughout the day? Is that your first thoughts on what you do? When you go to bed, is that your first thought? If not, more than likely, you have been misled. You've been led astray. The world had a, had, had, had been influenced by Babylon, that great city that makes everybody drink of her fornication. What's the fornication? Having people not have him as their number one thought. Then, verse 9, a third messenger, sign name angel, followed them, saying, with a loud voice. Now listen what this third messenger says. It says, if anyone worships the beast, the one that causes all this fornication, the one that is against the Most High, if anyone worships the beast and his image, careful, his image, I want you to think about all the imagery around you that are anti-Messiah anti-truth, anti-Yahuwah. If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or in his hand, now we already understand what this forehead means now. See, the mark more than likely is not some stamp or some tattoo or some chip. The mark is your foremost thoughts. You should challenge yourself to say, have I participated with this beast power and allowing myself to have my foremost thoughts not be the name of the father? As it said, the lamb would be standing with when he comes back. I didn't write this. You didn't write this. Yahoo Kanan, who was beloved of Yahusha, the Messiah, he loved him. He wrote this. Under what? Under the spirit of Yahuwah. Listen to this. It says, if you receive the mark in your forehead or in your hand, and your hand means that you go with the ways of this world to make your living... that the world influences you to be anti-Messiah by the way you look, that you seek manna, mammon, I should say, money first before the one, the name in your forehead. Well, if you do that, it says, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of Yahuwah, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. I mean, his fury. He's not happy about those that are anti him. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the set-apart messengers and in the presence of the Lamb, Yahusha. And the smoke of the torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night. Those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives, pay close attention, the mark of his name. So we got two names going on here. We got the name of the father and the name of the beast. We would have to be careful then if Yahuwah is not at the foremost of our thoughts, as it says, 
in verse one, then I looked and behold a lamb standing on the mountain, on Mount Zion, and with them 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. Look how that opens up. And then look how this progresses. And it comes down and it says, those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Now it identifies what that mark is. It says it's another name outside of the father's name. This other name causes one to fall away and participate in the, in, in the fornication against the most high. Is this deep? Is this too deep? I said, I'm just going to share with you what I've studied over these years. You don't have to believe this, man. I'm telling you, I don't want to offend anybody. I love everybody. I respect everybody. I'm giving you my studies over all these years, starting hardcore in 1992. A lot of studies I've done in this world. I've tested it forwards, backwards, upside down, and I continue to test it every day and watch it play out. Now, verse 12 is most critical to solve the dilemma that many find themselves in, to give themselves the opportunity to be one of the 144,000. Now it's going to tell us, it's going to say, all right, I told you a key characteristics of the 144,000. Number one, they got the father's name. What is his name? So most, most people go through their entire life, born, die, and never say or know the father's name. Because in the current translations of almost every Bible, his name has been covered up and removed almost 7,000 times. But we see how critical his name is in this chapter talking about the end of times that it's gonna become the key thing that allows us to stand side by side with the Savior. Do you wanna stand side by side with the Savior? Do you wanna be one of these 144,000? Do I? Absolutely. That's my number one mission. I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I've went on track, off track, upside down, twisted. I've been in the wilderness in this life for many years, just like the children coming out of, out of Mitzrayim, Egypt. And I've reached a point in my life that he's called me not to the left, not to the right, but straight down the middle, straight path to the truth of his word and to share that with those that would like to know truth. So here's the solution to the dilemma that many find themselves in because they covered up his name. And this is, the, this is why I want y'all to understand how important this time is together and to have someone like me that understands people that will listen to this at the deepest level. I am full of empathy and love and compassion because I understand what has happened. The world along with myself for so many years, had been, had been deceived by that great dragon, the adversary. And the number one deception, make no mistake about it, that's ever happened is the covering of the Father's name. That's the number one deception in the world. That's why in Yahoo Khan in John 17, the Savior, when he, the night before he was going to die, speaking to his disciples, what did he say? Father, I have kept them in your name. Father, I have revealed your name to those that you have given me. Father, protect them in your name. He said about three times in one chapter. Go read John 17, slow. Yahukana 17. And you're going to hear the Savior before he's about to be put on the stake for the sins of the world. 
He's saying, hey, this is the key. I'm going to give y'all the key. Here's how we get out of the dilemma. Here's how we can walk the straight path. Here's how we have a shot at being one of the 144,000. How many of y'all want to know? How do I get myself in line, in position to be one of the 144,000? Who wants to be in position? If you want to be in position, then Revelation 14, verse 12, is your solution, is my solution, is our solution. Here we go. Here is the patience of the saints, the set-apart ones, those that are going to be with him for eternity. Here is the patience. That means the wisdom, the understanding of the saints. The patience also means no matter what, no matter what, that's what the patience means. It means you say to yourself, I say to myself, we say to ourselves, no matter what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do what's said next. Here are those who keep the commandments of Yahuwah and the faith and testimony of his Messiah, Yahusha HaMashiach. Solution. Crystal clear. Not to the left, not to the right. There's two things it says to put yourself and put ourselves in position to be one of these 144,000. Do you have the audacity in this crazy world? Do we have the audacity to, uh, to, to do these simple instructions that are given to us under divine guidance to Yahoo Khan and John about what's to come. He says, you've got to keep the commandments. Some people say, well, the commandments done away with. That was Old Testament stuff. Well, this is New Testament stuff. So it was John talking crazy? Was John a false prophet? Was John Yahoo Khan? Was he given the wrong message? Or is his words as true as they are written? I believe the latter. They are as true as they are written. Very simple. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. Here is the patience, the no matter what people. Here's the no matter what people is what this means. They're going to keep the commandments of Yahuwah. There's 10. There's only, there's only one thing he wrote with his hand. With his finger. He wrote something with his finger, family on two tablets he wrote 10 instructions for us to live our lives by that are for us that are great things one love is very simple one and the and the savior wrapped them up in two and said on these two hang all the commandments what the savior said love your eloah the mighty one with all your heart soul mind and strength two love your neighbors yourself on these two Hang all the laws and all the prophets. Well, if you keep the first four, if you keep the first four commandments, you will have shown Yahuwah that you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Very simple to show. People go, well, how do I show him how I love him? It ain't you shouting and screaming. That's great. That's great if we shout and scream and we say hallelujah, because that means praise Yahuwah. But he says, I, Want obedience. If you love me, he says. The Savior said it too. If you love me, you will obey me. See, how does a parent know a child loves them? If they obey them. So if we keep the first four, he says, I am Yahuwah, your Eloah, number one, who brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim, where we get the word misery from. Egypt is known as today. Who brought you out of misery? Have you had misery? Have you been through misery? Have you been through pain? Have you been through suffering? I have. And Yahuwah says, it's me. The first words are, I am Yahuwah. He identifies who's doing the bringing. He's identified who's going to do the bringing out. I am Yahuwah. Who brought you out of your misery. Who delivered you from the, from the house of bondage. You are to have no other Elo, Elohim 
No other mighty ones before my face. He says, don't let them come off your lips. Don't let nobody else that you consider the most important or the most high come off of your lips. Don't put them in front of your face. Don't play games with me. Don't try to say, I understand your heart. I'm being specific because I gave you my first three words. I am Yahuwah. So don't have any, when we say all these titles and stuff, we got to be careful because we might be putting other Elohim in front of his face, covering him up. Two, I'm Yahuwah. You are to have no carved images. Do not make for yourself anything in the heavens above, on the earth beneath, or in the waters. So all these symbols that people try to get, Yahuwah has a big problem with that. You want to know why? He says that you're going to probably think that these physical, tangible things have power. But what did he say to Moshe on the mountain? He says, when you were with me on the mountain, you saw no form. So he's very, he's very serious about this. He says, no one can see me face to face at this present time and live. You saw no form. And I think the reason he does that is because he wants us to have full faith that he exists without tangibly seeing something because people are going to go worship images, which is the world is full of image worship. Can you do that? Can you get rid of all these other things off your lips and keep one creator on your lips? Yahuwah. And his son, Yahusha, is his name. It's just a description of Yahuwah. Yahuwah. Yahu, Yahuwah is salvation. Yahusha. Three. I am Yahuwah. Do not bring my name to not. For I do not leave the one unpunished who brings my name to nothing. How much more nothing can it be than people just cover it up? Just get rid of it. All you got to do is go look at your preface. If you got a King James, a new King James, a, a NIV, just go to your preface. You don't have to guess. See? I got, I got it all marked up right here. This is a new King James. Right in the preface. It says here, in the preface of the new King James. It says, the covenant name of G-O-D was usually translated from the Hebrew as capital L-O-R-D, Lord, or capital G-O-D, God. Why are you translating it? Using capital letters as shown in the King James Old Testament. This, listen to what, he's going, listen to what it says next. In the preface, y'all got this stuff. This tradition <laughs> is maintained. So they said, we're going to maintain this covering up of his name. In the present edition, the name is so capitalized, G-O-D and L-O-R-D, whenever the covenant name, who wants to be in a covenant with the father? You got to have his name. It says when the covenant name is quoted in the New Testament from the passage of the Old Testament. Isn't this crazy? They said, they admit we changed it. So number three, how can you prove you keep his commandments that you love him? The Savior said, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, you can prove it by saying, I'm going to declare his name, Yahuwah. I'm going to declare it. Very simple. You know, you want your name written in the book of life, don't you? Oh, you don't want him to mess up and cover up your name. Go, Oh, I forgot. Oh, I decided to use a tradition. So when you're standing in line, they go call on you. You don't even hear your name called because somebody covered your name up. You don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. I want my name written in the book. He wants his name established. He, cre he made it a commandment, the third commandment. Fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath, the Shabbat. Six days do all your work. But the Sabbath... You shall rest. For in six days, Yahuwah created heaven and the earth and all that is in them, but he rested on the Sabbath. Well, you tell that to people, they go, oh, well, oh that's done away with. That's Old Testament stuff. Well, how come it says in Yeshua 6623, from one new moon to the next new moon, from one Sabbath to the next Sabbath, Sabbath, 
Throughout eternity, all flesh will come and worship before me. The new moons and the Sabbath are going to go on for all eternity. They're not going anywhere. He said, go read Exodus. All right, y'all going to make me do it. Y'all going to make me do it. Let me go over here to Exodus, somewhere in 30, what well, I'm thinking, 31. I can see in my country voice, 30, 31. Go over to Exodus 31, verse 12. And, and Yahuwah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Yashreel. Do you want to be his children? Most people think that, quote, the Jews, the, the people that are in this location in Israel or people that's coming out of there, they think that that's who this is talking about. You know, not under, you got to go do some history research because the, the, the Jewish, quote, current Jewish religion follows the Talmud. They don't believe anything that has to do with the New Testament, the Brit Kadash. So, He's not talking about them. They follow the Talmud, which comes from the Pharisee teaching, the Pharisaical teaching, who the Savior was arguing with all the time. So again, I've got a lot of great Jewish friends, close friends, right? And we have some great conversations. And I believe a lot of them are going to say, oh, I get it. I understand it. But that's why you got love on people and have empathy. But watch this. He says, speak to the children of Yashriel. Yashriel says, once, because the tribes were scattered throughout the entire world, the 12 tribes. And Yahusha says, my sheep hear my voice. Are you his sheep? And if you hear the word of Yahuwah and you call on that name and you keep the commandments and the testimony of Yahusha, you are part of those tribes. And he's calling out, they're scattered. We're all scattered. So you are a part of Yashriel. Once you come into this covenant to keep his commandments and the testimony. He says, speak to the children of Yashriel saying, surely my Sabbaths you shall keep for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am Yahuwah who sets you apart. You shall keep the Sabbath. Therefore, for it is set apart to you. Simple. He said this is for eternity. So anything that Yahuwah himself says is for eternity, and then I hear a man go, no, that's done away with. That means they're putting themselves as an Allahim. A person who says that Yahuwah changed what he said when he said it's for eternity that person setting themselves up to be a, quote, God, an Elohim. Well, listen to him. Here's the patience of the saints. Those who keep the commandments of Yahuwah and the faith of Yahushua HaMashiach. Revelation 14, 12. You keep those first four commandments, you're going to prove that you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Simple. You keep the last six commandments, honor your father and mother. Right? Simple, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not covet. Now, how much better would the world be if the world strictly kept commandment five through 10, those six commandments, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. How much would the world be better if everybody honored their mother and father? How much better would, how much better would the world be if, if everybody had, had it in their heart where they didn't murder End of wars, finished, no more wars, because nobody's going to murder. Seven, don't commit adultery. How much more can we keep it straight in our households? If everybody says, all right, I'm going to commit it right here, locked in union. What about not stealing? How much better would the world be if everybody didn't steal? If all the people that are stealing stopped stealing and you didn't have to worry about locking your doors, why you lock your doors? Because you know people are violating the commandments. So if you go ahead and push and say, them commandments are done away with, well, there's a whole bunch of people say, great. I can go steal and go back and do a little prayer and be forgiven of that, no problem. What about bearing false witnesses? God includes gossiping and all that. What if we removed all the gossip and the, and the false witnessing in the world? 
How much better would that be? What if we removed all the coveting, jealousy, and people wouldn't work as hard as the person that they're jealous of to get what they got? What if we had that? See, we would keep those two great commandments in, in which the whole 10 hang on that are eternal. That's why Yahuwah says, hey, you can't come into the next life if you want to ignore this in this life. Because in the next life, you're going to be playing out the same thing there. We're going to be living by those 10 for eternity. Y'all like this training? Some do, some don't, because this one here is going to test clarity. It's going to test us. I believe this is real teaching. I believe this is, it's no gray in what I just taught. I believe it's no gray. And I got to tell myself, I got to encourage myself, and I ask y'all to pray for me and encourage me because I go through trials and tribulations and attacks like everybody else. Right now, I feel like Daoud, David. You know, people try to torch me and people try to, try to, you know, just, you know, just trash me. But it says, this is the patience of the set apart one, the saints. And if I'm one of the saints, I got to go, it don't matter what people say about me. It don't matter what people do. I got to keep the commandments of Yahuwah and the testimony of Yahusha HaMashiach. What's the testimony? Walk as he walked. He gave us the example. What did he do? What the father did. There's over 600 plus laws in the, in the, in the full Torah. When Yahusha died, he took away every one of those sacrificial laws. That's exactly what was taken away because those were against us. It was very difficult to do. It was arduous. And if that's what it took to do it, to be with him, how many of us, if Yahweh said, well, you got to do this to be with me, you would do it. And we should have our minds like that rather than the opposite. We should have, well, if there's 613 things that Yahuwah wants me to do to prove that I love him, I'll do 613 things. How many of us think we should think that way? As opposed to, oh, oh, you trying to you trying to do it that way. No, if he wants me to do 613 things, I'll do 613 things. The good news. See, what people call the gospel. The good news, the great news is that out of all those things, he took hundreds and hundreds, hundreds and hundreds away. When he paid that price, he said, it is finished. When they nailed him to the stake, he says, it is finished. I took away all these things that Shaul, Paul said, when he was quoting Moshe, Moses, said, take these things that are against the people and place them outside the Ark of the Covenant. You listen to the key words, they're outside the ark. What was inside the ark is the question. What was inside the ark? Ask yourself the question. What's inside the ark of the covenant? It was those two great tablets written with the fingers of Yahuwah himself were inside that ark, not against us, for us, would make the world a way, way better place. Peace and love will be upon the earth, which it will be in the new heavens and the new earth. Because people will keep those commandments. And what he says is when you call on his name, read Acts 2.21. And it's quoting Yael, Joel 2.32. Read it. Kepha, Peter, comes out of the out of the upper room. When the spirit fell on him, he says, all who call on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. All he was doing was quoting the, the prophet Yael, Joe. You want to be saved from all this madness? Look what Revelation 14.1 said to tie this all together, and I'm out. What did Revelation 14.1 said? What did it say? It's congruent now. Now you should see it. 
This teacher should help you. Because if Kepha came out of the upper room with the spirit on him and starts quoting the prophet Yael, Joel, and says in Acts 2.21, all who call on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. And all of a sudden, we look at Revelation 14.1, and it says, then I look and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. All who call on the name, now you can have his name written on your forehead as long as you play it out. How do you play it out? Revelation 14.12. Keep the commandments and the testimony. And you know what's so beautiful when you call out? He says, I promise you, I'm going to send you the spirit and me and my father are going to come and live in you through Yahuwah Ruach. Ruach is the spirit and it gives you the power. And then he says, I'm going to write my laws, these commandments on your heart to where you're going to have a love to keep these commandments. You're going to love it. And it's not hard. It's not hard. It's not burdensome. First John tells us that. I mean, the book, the Johns tell us that it's not, it's not hard. It's not burdensome. It's only burdensome if you're not empowered with Yahuwah Ruach that's changed your heart. That's changed the way you look at things. Today should be a day that some scales should have popped off of many eyes. And says, man, I done, it's been in front of me the whole time. The master key, having his name written in my forehead. Give myself a shot at the 144,000. What's going to make you be one of those 144,000? Don't go to the left or to the right. Guard those commandments and, and guard that testimony of who gave you the power. Promote Yahusha HaMashiach for giving you the power to keep those commandments, to love the Father the way he did. Thank y'all for joining today. Hopefully this helped everybody out in some way, shape, form, or fashion. It's a deep training, but I believe it's a necessity. It was needed, especially in these times. Many people are saying that the end of the world as we know it is closing in. So we're obligated to share messages like this so that people have the opportunity to have the Father's name written on their forehead to be counted in that number. I love you guys. If you love this, share it with some folks. Maybe it'll test them to see if they're approved. I love y'all. Thank y'all for sharing this time with me. Bye-bye. Only promote the truth.